Hi folks, it's Rabbi Sharon Brous here. You are listening to Ikar's podcast where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our guest speakers, our teachers, anything we think worth listening to that we can capture, you can hear right here. Thank you so much for being with us. And now I'm so pleased to turn it over to our extraordinary rabbinic intern, Sammy Cantor, who will take us into this next part of our time together this evening. Sammy. Thank you, Rabbi Browse. Happy Pride, everyone. Or something I know I like to say in recent years, and I've heard others say on Pride Shabbat, is Hag Pride Sameach. Hag Sameach is, you know, we say, to, to a joyous holiday. We say it, it's reserved for our three pilgrimage festivals for Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuot. And yet there is something just as holy for many of us about Pride Month. And we also say Hallel on these festivals that I just named, praising and thanking God for great miracles throughout our history and holding out for faith of future redemption. But I found out this week there's a synagogue in San Francisco, Sha'ar Zahav, which is an LGBTQIA synagogue that actually sings Hallel on Pride Shabbat. And so in that spirit, I, I'm recounting the story of the queer community of the past 50 years. It's, it's an epic journey of highs and lows. And, and I feel as though we've experienced many miracles to arrive at the moment we stand today. Even looking in my lifetime, born in the mid 1980s, I bore witness to rapid change of the queer community and our acceptance into society, even amidst a lot of pain and struggle. I was named after my great uncle Sandy, who tragically lost his life in the year before I was born. It only came out after he was killed that he was gay. And although he was a city councilman in Covington, Kentucky, where he lived, he was never publicly open. And as I grew up, I remember hearing about the AIDS epidemic in around me, but in, in far off places from where I grew up in Ohio. Yet I heard about it plaguing the gay community. And I even remember learning about it through rent the musical with a plea for acceptance. And then in the 2000s, the conversation around queer folks appeared to shift a little. I remember feeling so proud that the reform movement where I grew up began marrying queer couples before it was legally allowed in most states. I remember marching on the mall in Washington for the National Mar Equality March in 2009 feeling such hope and excitement that change was coming. But the path toward equality hasn't been linear. It, has been, it hasn't been an upward trend. I also remember watching on my phone on the night that reports came out that there had been a shooting in Orlando. There was a shooting at this queer-friendly night call, club called Pulse five years ago tomorrow. Little did I know as I was watching this come through on my phone, I had no idea that this incident was about to cut short the lives of 49 beautiful people who were dancing the night away and celebrating who they were. But yet, 
I also remember the year before, I remember exactly where I was when I found out the Supreme Court had legalized gay marriage. That euphoric day, I remember someone told me that they've never seen me have such a big smile on my face throughout the whole day. And the years after that moment, as a cis gay man, I feel grateful to feel included and accepted in all aspects of my life and even the Jewish community. After recounting the miracles God gave us in Hallel, we say, Odecha ki anitani, I will thank you since you answered me and you have become my salvation. And then the next line, Evan ma'asu habonim haitala rosh pina, the stone that was left or rejected by the builders has become the main cornerstone of society. Growing up not knowing where I, whether I would be accepted or rejected, in recent years, I felt like I made it. I made it into the cornerstone. However, the truth is it took me a long time to realize my own privilege in my experience. While some in the queer community began to feel a part of that cornerstone, there are still too many, particularly our trans and non-binary siblings who in 2021 do not feel a part. While much work had been done to welcome queer individuals into society, queer people can still be fired for revealing their identity in many states in the US. And while we could spend this month in 2021 checking out the displays of rainbow clothes at Target and then grabbing a cup of coffee from Starbucks in a rainbow cup and then feeling so excited to eat a rainbow salad at Sweetgreen, one might forget that there are too many queer individuals in our midst who are suffering and marginalized and even being killed for who they are and expressing their gender. As a society in 2021, we all know there is a long way to go before we have reached full acceptance for all of our queer siblings. So traditionally at Ikar on Pride Shabbat, we lift up voices of queer members of our community to help honor and celebrate them. Tonight, we are going to lift up three voices of trans and non-binary Ikarites. After we've seen a vicious assault on the rights of trans and non-binary Americans in this past couple of years, it's time we lift up these individuals and hear their stories. It is time we ensure that all members of the queer community feel as if their stone is the Rosh Pina, the cornerstone to our Jewish communities and to greater society. The next line in Hallel in Psalm 118 says, this is the day of the Lord. Let us exalt and rejoice upon it. It is only when all queer individuals are heard, supported and made equal and fully loved and embraced by our communities that we can truly exalt and rejoice in the full meaning of Chag Pride Sameach. So we are about to hear these stories and we are also proud to partner with JQ International for Pride Shabbat and throughout the year. If you know of someone you love who is Jewish and identifies as LGBTQ and could use some support, please reach out to the JQ helpline which you will find linked in the chat, both here on Zoom and on Facebook. 
I am now honored to introduce our first speaker, Ari Benor. You might remember them from their B'nai Mitzvah drosh last winter, playing multiple roles, acting out their drosh for us live on Zoom. So please welcome Ari. Hi people, I am here and very queer. Of course, that's kind of obvious because I have my non-binary flag and I'm speaking at Pride Shabbat. <laughs> First off, being genderqueer isn't based off of whether you're feeling stereotypically feminine or masculine. It's based off of gender dysphoria and euphoria. Let me explain. Gender dysphoria is the experience of feeling uncomfortable with your assigned gender, be it with bathrooms, chest, pronouns, name, or genitalia. Being trans or genderqueer is not only measured by gender dysphoria because it makes it seem like it's all about discomfort. A lot of genderqueer people don't think they're genderqueer because they're not uncomfortable enough to be genderqueer, which I think is really harmful. Instead, it's measured by gender euphoria, which is the opposite. It's the experience of feeling by looking androgynous, being in your bathroom of comfort, being called by the right name and pronouns, or holding your flag for the first time. I'll give some personal examples on times I felt gender euphoria and dysphoria. My first dis gender dysphoria experience was when I was on a car trip with my family. We had to pee, so we stopped at a bathroom. But for some reason, I now know it's gender dysphoria, but then I didn't. I felt really uncomfortable in the girls' bathroom, so I just held my pee in. An experience of gender euphoria took place when I had recently come out to my family. Every time someone called me Ari, I would get super happy. It didn't even matter what my parents were asking me to do. Ari, do the dishes, please. Yay! <laughs> this is one time when my gender dysphoria really affected me. I was trying on dresses for my B'nai Mitzvah, and there was this one dress. It was beautiful, dark blue with shinies on it. But when I tried it on, a really bad cloud of dysphoria came, and I just had to take it off. But I had no words for it, and I just started crying. I feel supported and gender euphoric when people call me Ari or use they, them pronouns for me. I feel gender dysphoria when people call me Ariella or use she, her pronouns for me when I am non-binary. Right now, in terms of my own gender, I'm gender fluid, mostly switching between non-binary and pangender. I'll ex um, pangender is the experience of identifying with all genders. Pangender people use all pronouns. He, she, they, you name it, they use it. People might say, how can you be all genders at once? And I've come up with a good way to explain. Pangender people feel no gender dysphoria for any pronoun and an equal amount of gender euphoria for all pronouns. Make sense? I feel very lucky to be living here and now and in this particular community because we all know we're the best. I know others aren't as fortunate, but thanks to a multi-generational team effort, I can safely say I am queer and proud. 
Wow, thank you so much, Ari. It was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story. And I'm so moved at you, to see your poise and confidence. I wish I had when I was your age. So thank you so much. Um, our next speaker tonight, we have Aaron Macaro, a longtime and beloved Ikarite, who is with us here tonight to share his story. Aaron. Hello, happy Pride, everyone. So um, there are two things that you need to know about me this evening. One, I hate Purim. And two, I graduated from college in 2007. It's important that you know that I'm in my mid-30s and that I graduated from college more than a decade ago. Because this year, 2021, 33 states have introduced over 100 bills to limit the equality of transgender and non-binary people across the country. While I find that deeply troubling, and I'm actively choosing to take the, I'm actively choosing to take this moment during Pride Month to share a message of celebration and resilience rather than one of panic or despair. Back in 2007, around this precise precise time of year, I was preparing to graduate from a women's college as a male-identifying student. I was living off campus despite attending a college in which 100% of students were on campus residence, not because I chose to but because the administration of the college forced me to move off campus because I'd started using male pronouns. And I was also struggling at the time with deciding whether to attend my graduation at all, not because I didn't love and cherish my professors and my friends and my time in college or value what I'd accomplished, but because I knew that I was gonna be called to walk across the stage by a name that didn't resonate with me and that I hadn't used in three and a half years. My diploma to this day still has the wrong name on it and is stuffed away in a box somewhere in my garage, I think. Um, I'm setting the stage here to convey that while my undergraduate years were really wonderful in a lot of ways, they were also intensely difficult. I was the first out trans student at the women's college I attended, and being the first, there was no roadmap. I had to make my own way, sometimes surrounded by loving supporters, sometimes saddled with the misconceptions of those that didn't want to learn how to be supportive, and unfortunately, sometimes intentionally being harmed by folks that weren't content, content with just unhelpfully standing aside. It was a really mixed bag. That's why it was with some trepidation that I ventured back to my alma mater in 2015 to speak with students on campus about the history of the college's LGBTQ community. The on-campus queer student group called Family wanted to hear more about how the school had got its first gender neutral restrooms and the decision-making process around whether to embrace or to reject trans applicants to the college. Since I was centrally involved in both of those efforts, they wanted me to come and speak on a panel with two more recent trans alums. The conversation that I had encountered on campus and the diversity of the, voice, the voices present uh, stretched my own ideas of the position a women's college could occupy in the evolving public dialogue around gender identity and gender discrimination. And it made me feel more at home as alum of a college than I'd ever expected. A college that had kicked me off campus failed to ever change my school records to my correct name, and had done their best to hide me from sight, now had trans and gender non-binary students serving as residential advisors in the dorms, and even a trans-identified student scheduled to be a commencement speaker. There were conversations happening around neo-pronouns and other current issues on campuses that I even felt out of touch with. I was floored by the transformation. Was this the same school that I graduated from less than 10 years ago? Now we're going to jump back to Purim for a minute. Remember when I said earlier about Purim, my aforementioned least favorite holiday? 
I can't stand the uncertainty. I hate the chaos. I hate the topsy-turviness of it all. It's just not my thing. But it also holds aloft why I want to celebrate, even right now, in 2021, with more anti-trans and anti-gender difference bills on the books than any other year in our country's history. Purim gives us a prism, an opportunity to see the Jews of Shoshana that were 100% aware of the dangers around them and chose to celebrate anyway. We're acutely aware of the injustice of this moment too, and the very real dangers that trans and gender non-binary communities are facing right now. But I also want us to be aware of the amazing transformations that are happening over relatively short periods of time, like the dr dramatic changes at my alma mater that happened in less than 10 years time. Progress always moves more slowly than we'd hoped. The time it takes for the needle to shift can be especially painful for those most impacted and worse, sometimes change doesn't come fast enough for, for those who need it to even benefit. But ultimately what I wanna hold on to right now is that progress still happens. The ark still pens George justice and the Jews of the Purim story, um, like them, I want us to celebrate the victories of today wholeheartedly, even when they may be erased, I hope temporarily by legislation tomorrow because I think we deserve it. Happy Pride and uh, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much, Aaron, for sharing your courage and, and your story of, of making waves and change in your college. And um, I know you're, you're inspiring to our community here at ICAR as well. So thank you for sharing. Um, now we'll call up our last speaker tonight, Jen Bailey. You may know Jen as a staple on our Kabbalat Shabbat Zoom services over the course of the pandemic, always dancing and singing alongside Jen's partner, Clara. Um, so please welcome Jen. I was praying that my dog doesn't have a tantrum while I'm speaking, so. <laughs> um, I'm Jen. Uh, I'm non-binary, and you can use any pronouns that you want for me, but if you really want to make me smile, use they, them. Um, I want to talk to you about hair um, because hair carries so much symbolic weight for a lot of us and because whether you know it or not, you've all been part of a major hair journey for me. Um, the first day that I attended an e-car service uh, was this past Rosh Hashanah and that was the day that I had a biopsy that eventually revealed I had breast cancer and I needed chemotherapy. So over the course of my time here, I've had hair, I've had no hair, and I've started to grow hair back again. Um, a lot of women who've gone through chemo have told me that they felt losing their hair was like a way of losing their femininity. Um, and in contrast for me, it felt distressingly feminizing um, and the whole experience did. Uh, my short hair had always been a way for me to claim something masculine for myself. It was a way for me to be visibly queer. Um, and in addition to the hair thing, there were all the breast cancer pa uh, pamphlets with smiling women, the pink hospital gowns, a changing room with a kid you not, feather boas and a tiara decorating it. Um, and then I was also to make it worse, formally diagnosed in breast cancer awareness month. Um, so just imagine me like running down a street being pursued by a phalanx of giant pink ribbons. That's pretty much what it felt like. <laughs> um, I thought that this would be a good story to share because it really illuminated a few important things to me. Um, one's just the way that we so unnecessarily gender things around us, even illnesses that don't really care at all whether you're a man or a woman or anything else. 
Um, the other was how much I felt like I'd been reduced to a mere container of cells for my body. How being a patient, and especially being a patient losing a precious symbol of my gender identity, felt like a process of dehumanization. Um, it really made me feel so deep in my soul how closely tied our sense of gender often is to our sense of being human. So challenging was this experience for me that when I had radiation therapy every morning while I lay there on the table feeling like a slab of meat, I would chant in my head over and over again, Elohai Neshama, Shena Tata Bi, Tehorahi, the soul God has given me is pure. In that most intimate of moments, uh, my soul and the gender through which I express it was lying bare before God, at least from the waist up, uh, bald head and all. What this means, I realized, is that when we take the time and care to recognize a person's gender identity, what we're doing really is we're acknowledging their soul. We are acknowledging that part of them that's not merely their body, something that ties them to community because community is not just a collection of bodies and something that shows the face of God to us through them, uh, through me and through you. Because I also work as a gender therapist, I've long ago gotten in the habit now of pausing when I encounter anyone, trans, non-binary, cis or anything else and just taking a second to bring to mind what I know of their gender identity and their pronouns. And this hair journey that I just shared uh, really highlighted to me how this practice that I've learned to do is actually a moment of tipping my hat, or I guess for a long time, my scarf, <laughs> to each beautiful soul that I encounter, um, person by person and day by day. Uh, so when you see the trans flag flying proudly this month, um, I want to suggest that you also take a second to tip your hat mentally to all the souls around you by acknowledging the names and the pronouns and the genders that they share with you that show you pieces of their souls. And to keep doing that person by person, day by day, even when Pride Month is over, it's a great way of being human together. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much, Jen. Um, it's been an honor to be a part of your hair journey on um, on Zoom, but also to, to be a part of your soul journey and to, to feel part of your soul tonight. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, and thank you to all of our speakers. Thank you for being here and being a part of this um, community. It is it is your voices that, um, that make ICAR what it is. And so thank you for sharing with us and being here. Um, and, and like many things at ECAR, we wanted the opportunity to lift up your voices tonight, but also ECAR is joining with our partners to, to ask the Senate to pass the Equality Act. Uh, this is a comprehensive legislation to protect um, queer Americans by expanding the existing Civil Rights Act. So you will see in the chat um, to a link to tell your senators to support the Equality Act this is something we hope to get done this summer. And also you can sign up with Keshet, a Jewish LGBTQ, LGBTQIA rights organization that where you can write your Senator and request a stack of postcards that you can distribute to your friends. Um, thank you so much for being here and Chag Pride Sameach.
You with the sad eyes Don't be discouraged or realized It's hard to take courage In a world full of people You can lose sight of it all And the darkness inside you Makes you feel so small But I see your truth Shining through, I'll see your true colors, and that's why I love you. So don't be afraid to let them show your true.